Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. Hello, and I'm John. What's up, John? How you doing? Well, I'm doing well. What's up, Zach and sports fans? This is the number one sports fan podcast for Spider-Man fans, right? Or yeah, something. we haven't we haven't talked about that in a while because you know it's not sports season. Yeah, well, I brought it up with an ulterior motive because I've yeah. got some sports to get into. Zach's cat is uh making. Do you chaos see her right now? Yes, of course. <laughs> She's like trying to take thumbtacks off our map on the wall. Why? So you know what. That brings up a good question for me and the listeners. Why are there thumbtacks on the wall here? We're keeping track of all the places we visited. I can see a very big ball of thumbtacks probably up in the Indiana area. Is that right? Yeah. So you know what that is, is John, you were at my wedding. Do you remember the theme of my wedding? I absolutely do. It was up. And I was wondering if that was the, if all those thumbtacks were supposed to be the balloon of where you, where like you are. It is, yeah. It's actually a balloon. It's like the ball was made of cork, and there's a little wooden house attached to it, and you just stick all the thumbtacks in the cork balloon, and it looks like the up house, and so that's where we live. Listeners, Zach's wedding was very cute, Um, and it was kind of, it wasn't up-themed by any means, but there was some up, uh, like, stuff like the book, which was very cute. Yeah, our adventure book, and we and walked down to the music and stuff. Zach and his wife and my wife and I both got engaged on the exact same day. Um, didn't we, like, learn that, but we didn't know it at the time? Yeah, I'd actually forgotten about that. Let's see, July 24th, 27th? Uh, <laughs> I think it's the 27th. I'm pretty confident. I don't even remember <laughs> the engagement day for me. I just remember the wedding day. But yeah. also, John's wife Elizabeth caught the bouquet at our wedding. Yes, right? and we and and it was like one week later was the day or what day was what day was that wedding? July tenth. Okay, and I was per. So I think maybe it was the twenty fourth. I would say is when we got engaged because did, was that a Saturday? Um, yeah, it would be 14 days after the 10th. Yep. So yeah. So, so it was probably July 24th and yes, Elizabeth caught the bouquet at Zach's wedding and she didn't know that I was proposing two weeks later. And I told Zach and Shiloh that after she caught the bouquet and I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. The listeners love it, Zach. This is why they tune in. I know they care so much. <laughs> Um, okay, sports fans. So here's my sports thing that I had to talk to Zach about. Uh, we did our fantasy football Super Smash Brothers AI tournament to see where each person drafts. Okay, between Explain the last that. so you had an AI. So we set Super... up, a... <clears throat> yep. So we set up a tournament bracket. There's 14 people, each person was a different person, and then we just watched the AI matches. Was it and, actual AI or like the computer? Like, I guess it was the computer. You know, so like it was just were, like it was a on a CP- console. 
Yes, it was on a GameCube or a, or something, Switch okay. or something. Yeah, and um, I got the twelfth out of fourteenth pick, and and I know you're a big fantasy guy. I haven't really looked into it that much, but I was wondering if you could give me some knowledge. You know, back back into the first round. Oof, is it PPR? It's half point PPR. Okay, Superflex. Nope. Okay, Superflex is, it- is two quarterbacks. For yeah. our for our not so savvy listeners, uh, and it's it's not a dynasty; it's just a redraft. Yes, dude. I think I've got some thoughts. I'll share them with you after you tell me. I think um, wide receivers are kind of the premium position you want to build around. Okay. I think there's just a lot of okay. like if you can get Chase or Jefferson, I think no that way. just gives you. They're so going much in the of- top five. They're not making it to twelve. You I don't think I, so. If, I've done some simulations I think, for 12 team drafts and I'll end up with like pick 12 and one of them will still be around. That would be, I would definitely take one of them if they were there. The wide receiver. I've done a couple like little, just like seeing who's the ratings. And it seems like Devonte Adams, I could get, but I don't really love that. Cause he's playing with a rookie QB or for the running backs. It seems like Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, and Derrick Henry will all be there. And I could maybe even snag two of them. And I think Nick Chubb could be a beast. And Tony Pollard, every time Zeke has been out in the past like three years, Tony Pollard is like a top two running back. So I don't understand why he would last that long now that we know Zeke is gone. So school me, Zach. Well, okay. So for Tony Pollard, he has high efficiency because he has low volume. So once you give him more volume, the question is, does he keep that same efficiency? Well, in the games without Zeke, he's been like a beast. But can you keep that up for a full season? Yep. History generally says no. There's When you increase volume a lot, you decrease efficiency. But it might even out. That's just math for you, webheads. Um, I I feel like there's going to be someone that falls to you maybe i'm thinking that because travis kelsey maybe yeah still a couple months away i think i like kyle pitts in the third more than i like kelsey in the first oh yeah i took kyle pitts in the third last year and i don't quite remember what happened but i do remember that i won't be drafting him in the third this year maybe in the fifth i'll take kyle pitts in the fifth if he's going to take him in the third again Okay, that, I mean, I get it. My mindset is if Arthur. Smith's I took get... him in the third because I saw one of Zach's tweets like three days before the draft last year, and and it was I could have had AJ Brown, Zach. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. I didn't say draft him over AJ Brown. I just said I, I the tweet was like transcendental talent or something like that. And he still has that. He just has <laughs> Arthur Smith as his head coach and Desmond Ritter as his quarterback. <sighs> yeah. My thinking is he's eventually going to be the best tight end in the NFL and you don't know that it won't happen next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Cause, cause it won't. <laughs> okay, but it might. Um, okay. I see, Zach. I'm in my school summer, 
so I don't do anything all day. So I just kind of am online all day. And I've yeah. seen some pretty silly stuff online. <laughs> We're still on fantasy football or just no, other silly No, no, it's stuff? Just, just other silly stuff. Yeah. Um, the Grimace Is it worth thing. getting into? Oh my gosh, it's so silly. <laughs> I spent like six hours this week watching Grimace Shake videos. Not because I was enjoying them or wanted to. I just... I just fell down that hole, man. You know, yeah. I didn't have, I'm off of work this week, so I didn't have anything else to do. And Here... it, it bit me. Okay. So here's the thing about that is I am pretty confident that this is not a social media trend. This is McDonald's, by McDonald's. advertising. Oh, and for sure. I just hate it. I just hate that kind of stuff. Like I saw this like horror movie trailer for like a grimace thing and the first time i watched it i was like oh that's funny i could kind of see my friends and i doing something like that in high school you know we we made like little joke horror vhs trailers and then i saw a comment that was like this is definitely like mcdonald's advertising and i was like oh my god it is i can't enjoy anything anymore <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i feel like black mirror would have warned us about this they should have. Did you watch any of that, by the way? I watched the episode that you recommended, and I liked it. Which I'm one gonna... did I recommend? Uh, the 15 million credit man. Oh, oh, okay. One of the older ones. Yeah. 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 You know, I regretted after we talked about it last. I don't want to just come across as like a hater or anything, because I do still get enjoyment out of the episodes, and there what there there are specifically like there were some good ones this season, but there were also some silly ones like the werewolf one. Yeah. Um but I'm not a hater, Zach. I no, I get that. I mean, when you're making like high art, you know, and you're like shooting for they're I mean, it's really ambitious, like the kind of messages that they're trying to get across in each episode. Yeah. Um I can see there being a decline in quality of that after so many years. The more they have to make. Yeah. Yeah. No shame in that. Yeah, that's true. So what was the dumb thing online you saw? Okay. Okay. That's right. It was this girl playing the ukulele as an apology video. Have you <laughs> seen this at all? <laughs> I saw people talking about it. Me too. And like, I've seen the I've seen like the thumbnail of it and it starts playing and I could click on it and get sound and learn more context. And I actively decided I don't want to even know what this is. about. Me too. Me too. I was I saw it like six times and I was like, no, I don't recognize this girl. I don't recognize anyone who's talking about it. I'm, I don't care about this ukulele YouTube stuff. And then eventually it was like someone that i kind of like follow they talked about it and i was like oh my god fine i'll i'll, I'll learn what this is and it's pretty funny <laughs> it's pretty silly zach as far as silly internet stuff goes um it's this it's this girl who was like kind of a youtube star back in the day and maybe she still is a little bit and she got in trouble for like grooming kids and I'm not smart enough to, I mean, know what she was doing or not. She, she was like a, an influencer type of person. And I guess she'd like have kids on and, and she did some pretty messed up things. Like I, she like sent them 
underwear or something. I don't pay a lot of t- attention to it. But then she did this whole 10 minute ukulele song apology and it was just it was just so goofy. <laughs> I don't have anything to say about it. I was I didn't I just wanted to see if you had seen it. That sounds like the dark twisted <laughs> version of the celebrities singing Imagine. Yes. Yes, it was exactly like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I saw someone posted like a drawing of Grimace playing the ukulele <laughs> on a YouTube video that says just says like an apology or something. And they were like, do you know how terminally online you have to be to understand <laughs> this? Oh, I'm like upset that I do. This is like, it's like taking me back to when, to when I had to go and talk to the principal about Andrew Tate. Because the kids were talking about Andrew Tate, and I had to be like, it's internet stuff. Like, I'm embarrassed I even know what they're talking about, blah, blah, blah. But it's important that you did that public service, because now they're trying to crack down on him, right? In the school? Like, yeah, I think so. I mean, I... They've come down on the line that, you know, sex trafficking bad. Is bad, yes. <laughs> well, there yes. you go. You did a, You did a good work. Yeah, good thing. That's good. I'm online all the time. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you I are, do it for. You are so other people don't have to be. Yeah. And and speaking of online, I've got one more thing that Zach and I were talking about before we hopped on. And I wanted to, but we were kind of talking about Jonathan Majors, which the whole situation is, is too bad. But Zach was talking about how he had, Disney had just cast him in this huge role and I was about to say, how did they not see any of this on his background before they hired him for this huge role? I mean, wouldn't you just assume if this stuff has been coming out for like 10 to 12 years, how did they not catch any of this? You would think a company that big that's about to make that investment would like, wow. you'd think it'd be like screening for someone running for president, you know? Yeah. That's that's exactly what I th- would think it would be. They'd like be interviewing his past and everything. Like maybe not 15 years ago when they were casting their people, but in today's day and age, like yeah. Well, and think about like the trouble they kind of found themselves in with the girl who plays Shuri in the Black Panther movies. Yeah, like, wanting to get the vaccine and like spreading misinformation. And that like, was uh that was Wasp also. I didn't know about that. Yeah. But- that was recent enough like they should have changed if they if they weren't doing it before that that should have been like the kind of wake up call of like oh whoever we hire they're they're not just actors they're like ambassadors for our brand okay so let me get this right zach uh you should only hire democratic actors is that what you're saying <laughs> is that if if people don't want to get the vaccine they just shouldn't have a job anymore well here's the thing <laughs> 90 percent of, of actors are democrats anyways so hiring the conservative ones is a choice it's like a very specific choice you went out of your way to do kelsey Grammer, republican and Hasn't he's been a in a legend, marvel movie Zach. 20 years <laughs> hold on just a second my cats are about to kill each other okay never mind they worked it out yeah they're all just chilling well, they were growling, and recently yep. here, that's that's turned into I know. some pretty mean fights. 
mine mine kind of get into it too and i have to like yell at them and then they stop it's like they know they're i'll just be like hey and they'll just just walk away from each other (laughs) that's funny yeah oh lord cool spider-man hawaiian shirt should we talk about (laughs) spider-man yeah let's do it but just to recap sex trafficking bad grooming bad bad sexual assault bad ukulele apology videos bad trying to hide your blatant corporate advertising as a cool social media trend bad bad all right glad we got that out of the way every business says they're better but the ones that earn and display the bbb seal back it up It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at bbb.org. We're back. And now we all get to hear the story of Zack Spider-Man Hawaiian shirt that I set up before the break. I've worn this on the pod before. I know. I'm sure I mentioned it before. Uh, my wife Where'd got you it get for it? me. Paint us a picture. I don't know where I got it. I got it for Christmas. Wow. Shyla. What a keeper. Yeah. I recently got another one, too, that's Wolverine as a samurai. It's kind of cool. That is great. Yeah, I can definitely see you on like a beach in like another country, just with like different comic book shirts like that, like every day. And the thing is, it's not like an insanely loud Spider-Man shirt. You could look at that shirt and not even realize that it's a Spider-Man shirt. It's just like a cool Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, the Spider-Man's kind of hidden. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of subdued, but he's all over it at the same time. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. I wasn't a Hawaiian shirt guy before this, but now I have those two. Nice. You know what? I like them. Nice. <laughs> Sue me. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to leave a comment about Zach liking Hawaiian shirts, don't even bother. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're 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 going off the rails on this crazy train. Um, I'm going to take us into our issue. So this is... Ultimate Spider-Man issue 39, written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by Art to Bear, colored by Transparency Digital, and lettered by Chris Eliopoulos. So, we open on Nick Fury eating outside. Okay, so, awesome, Nick Fury's back. One, I love it. Did you catch, I know you don't pay attention to the titles, but the titling is messed up on this one, just like it is on the one from last the last episode. I think- Oh, yeah. The title is Therapy on the cover of the comic book, but then on the credits page, it's called Man to Man. And Zach, I think I, I think I know what happened because what happened? the last issue, the credits page was wrong. It said the title was the one before of the Venom book. So I bet you this one is supposed to be for the previous issue that was probably called Man to Man. Because this issue probably is called Therapy, just based... I mean, I guess it could be called Man to Man 
based on the conversation, but it, it might be called, I was thinking it would probably be called therapy. It could and be man to man could man be to man Eddie therapy. and Peter fighting in the last one. Right. I don't know. Or maybe that inside cover page credits page is just like, like a subtitle. That would be dumb. Okay, good. I would rather it be a mistake than it be a subtitle. Okay, good. I think it is a mistake. Well, good. Um, <laughs> so Nick Fury is eating outside at a fancy restaurant when he gets a message in his earpiece of a recurring energy flux in the area. And he's eating general Sue's chicken, which is so early 2000s, I think. That was like all the rage, you know, but, but it was like all the rage. I feel like at the time, was it, was there a big general so's kick back then? It it sure seemed like it in my household. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, so just, just adding in comments. I know it's trying to, it's, it's a real world. I know we're painting a picture. Everybody's just heard about general Seuss chicken. Even the, the head of the biggest spy division in the world is going out to restaurants because he's got to have some. Well, maybe he was the early adapter. Maybe he found out about it and then, you know. That makes sense to me. Used his influence to bring it over here. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So he walks into the alley next to the restaurant and flashes a light from some ham- handheld machine. And Peter Parker falls into the dumpster at the end of the alley. And Fury asks Peter why he's following him. And Peter asks what Fury did to him. And Fury tells him that light was temporary paralysis that's already wearing off. And Fury asks where his Spider-Man suit is. And Peter tells him he lost it. And he asks how long Peter's been following him. And Peter says, since you left your headquarters. And Nick says, you've been following the leader of the top espionage organization on the entire planet for over an hour. And Peter says, yeah, Nick smiles and says, not bad. And Peter looks at him all angry. I know. I thought that was like a cute little touch, but Peter didn't think so. No, not at all. <laughs> um, Peter says the reason he came to Fury is that he wants him to take his powers away. And he says he doesn't want them anymore. And Fury just simply says no. And Peter tells Fury about his fight with Venom and Nick interrupts him to talk to an agent on the other line. And he he says, Carter, I got an ID on that situation. Parker took care of it. He's right here. And then I'm guessing, presumably Sharon Carter on the other end says, oh, hey, kid, nice job. No one got hurt. Good for you. And Peter says he thinks he killed him, but isn't sure. And Nick Fury reminds him that in this business, if you don't see a body, the person is probably still alive. And Zach, I think you've said that on this podcast before when I ask you if people are dead. Yeah, it's it's sound advice. And even if yeah. you do see a body, they can easily hand wave it away and say, yeah. oh, no, that wasn't the real body or, or you know, something. OK, so Peter in like every single panel he's in is just like screaming and looking angry like a lunatic and it's not just these couple pages it's like the entire next two issues that we read so i didn't know if i should touch on that after we've read it all or just but he's like i mean he's like that the entire time he's going through it he he is 
I think we have to remember that, like, for us, we're like, oh, this was two whole issues. But the issues take place so close to each other. For him, it's like, oh, that was two whole hours. <sighs> He's still okay. in the same mood the whole time, you know? Okay, well, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter snaps at Nick again and says he doesn't want this. And Nick gives him some good advice, saying, kid, you had a rough day. Everyone has them. You ask yourself, is anyone's life better because of what I did today? If the answer is yes, stop whining. If not, well, do better tomorrow. I actually liked that. Yep, and then, good advice. Yeah. And then he asks Peter if he remembers what he told him the last time they talked. And Peter says, yeah, you told me I was going to be your prisoner because I'm a genetic mutation. Fairy says, I thought you were smart, boy. I said my exact words. Enjoy your youth. You're too young to be involved with the big boys. There will be plenty of time and opportunity for you here later. What I said was when you get of age, you'll be a part of my team. I said you're in line to be part of one of the finest organizations this world has ever seen. You'll work alongside Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, Captain America. You're going to be one of the greats, kid. But looking at you today like this, your head's going to pop off your body before you even make it to prom. You don't want to be Spider-Man anymore? Fine. What else are you going to do? Go work at Burger King? I have, and you don't want to. Kid, you hit the lottery. People will kill to be you. Literally. And then he basically tells Peter to just take some time off from being Spider-Man to get his head right. And Peter asks Fury out of nowhere how his parents died and nick says he has no idea and peter thinks he's lying but he nick says nick's oh i'm sorry maybe you're about to say he says he was in college in india 10 years ago yeah is that true is nick fury I, like young in this apparently 10 years ago in college so so he's like he, less than 30 he's like 30 he's maybe 33 you know, if it was like his senior year, he might have been like 23 or so. Yeah. And also, I why, don't think so. Why India? Yeah. No, no offense to India or their educational institutions, but, you know, we have a lot of those here. Like, <laughs> why'd he yeah. go all the way mm. over there? Maybe a master's program. Maybe. That he'd still be very young, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't buy this. Anyways, <laughs> he says it. Whether it's true or not, I don't think really matters. I think it matters if Nick Fury knows how Peter's parents died and he's lying. No, I mean, it doesn't matter if he's like lying about going to college in India 10 years ago. Oh, okay. Maybe, um, he, maybe he doesn't know what happened. Maybe but he, he just wants Peter to think he's younger than he is. It's like a vain thing. Maybe he wasn't in attending college in India 10 years ago. He was just there to, like, kill someone on a job or something. That sounds like something he would say. He's, like, <laughs> doing a job, and he's like, I was just in college over there. Like, I, when, I was taking a class. When I was in high school, I did Harvard Model Congress, and I got to go to Boston for, like, a week with some classmates. And we, like, were part of a mock legal team, and we actually sat in on Harvard classes so I could say, 10 years ago, I was in Harvard. 
but I, uh, but I, I never attended, you know? I was just a fly on the wall. Nick Fury definitely assassinated some college kid <laughs> in India. <laughs> he was, like, on a college campus for one day. <laughs> he was getting too close to curing cancer. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, good. Glad we figured this out. Uh, Nick says, my parents died when I was a kid, too. It sucks. It will always suck. Now go home and shower. And watch some of those crap videos with the booty shaking. Relax. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I am glad that Bendis kept this one thing consistent with Nick Fury's character as <laughs> written by Mark Millar. He's always saying the weirdest things. He He is. I I actually kind of forgot about that. I forgot that that he always said weird things in the Ultimates because in this issue I'm like, oh man, I really like Nick Fury. You know, him and Peter have a good conversation. He's definitely the the bright spot of this issue, I think. And and you're right, the fact that he throws that was a line where I was like, is he telling Peter to go home and like what is, what is he saying? Yes. He is <laughs> okay. Okay, weird. Yeah. Um I feel like Bendis must have been writing Nick Fury in his own way, you know, where he was like this cool, suave spy dude. And then he read Ultimates and he's like, Oh no, I got the character all wrong. He's a creep. <laughs> um so they shake hands. Pretty good and- pretty pretty good advice he just got from Nick Fury. You yes. know. Um you don't have to be Spider-Man every single second of the day. Take a little time off. You keep snapping at everybody that you talk to. Uh, go home and take a shower. Let's and see watch, what Peter does. And watch some booty shaking <laughs> I videos. I forgot about that one already. <laughs> so they shake hands and part on good terms. But Nick Fury says, next time you want to talk to me, make an appointment or I'll shoot you. So Peter goes, he doesn't go home and shower. Um, he goes to Eddie's dorm to find someone he can confess what happened to, which doesn't seem like a good idea, but that's where his head's at. And he walks in and sees Eddie's roommate cleaning up a mess. And the roommate says Eddie's gone. And if Peter sees him to remind him that he still owes him money. And the roommate seems to think Eddie came while he was in class and collected all of his stuff and found some off-campus housing. And it's clear from the way he talks about him that the roommate doesn't like Eddie. And Peter asks him why. And Eddie's roommate says, the guy was just a loser. He was always lying about stuff that was so obviously lies. Plus, he was always hitting on girls, but would go psycho when they turned him down, which was all of the time. And Peter goes to the science building next and sneaks in through his regular skylight entrance. And a voice behind him says, Hello, my name is Dr. Kurt Connors. Who might you be? And Dr. Connors is sitting in the dark with a bottle of scotch and a shot glass. And Peter turns around and Connors already has guessed it. He says, are you Peter Parker? It was you, wasn't it? I saw you on TV wearing your father's suit. You seem to be really enjoying yourself. I never put together that Spider-Man could actually be Ray Parker's son. My student, your pal Eddie Brock, told me you were just a kid, as you are. I would never have put the two together if I didn't see you here just now like this. 
Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Good for you. We've met before, you and I, right? You saved my life. You saved my family. And Peter says yes. And And listeners may remember that's from the ultimate team-up issue, right? With Swamp Thing. Ultimate Marvel team-up number 10. Nice. And which ultimate team-up did Spider-Man and Nick Fury meet? Were they because they talked earlier? That was in Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, because he showed up as like a hologram at Peter's school. Yep. Okay. A lot of world building in this issue. I like it. I know. It, I love when they tie back to stuff from the, the Team Up series. Yeah, because I liked it and I want it to feel like it matters. Um. So Connors asks if he ever told anyone about that night. And we get a flashback image to Spider-Man's encounter with the lizard in team up number 10. And Peter tells Connors, no, he didn't tell anyone, which at first I thought was a lie. Cause I thought, well, the whole point of that issue was he was writing an email to Mary he deleted Jane, it all, but he deleted it. And he said, I'll tell her when I see her. And I guess he didn't get around to telling her. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I didn't like that at all. Well, it it works out now because he that's true he kept yep. Connor's secret yep and Connor's basically tells him that as a token of gratitude he'll keep Peter's secret as well and he says that the suit and all the research on it is gone along with the years of his life spent working on it and at first he thought Peter took it all but Peter is genuinely surprised to learn all this too so Connor says I guess Eddie Brock and I need to have a talk. And Peter tells him that Eddie wore the suit, too, and he doesn't know if he survived. And Connors drunkenly wonders if all of the super people and genetic scientists are being punished as a sign from God saying, stop messing with my stuff. And then he accidentally insults Richard Parker, saying he was a genius scientist, but might have been the architect of this horrible decade of genetic nightmares. And Peter snaps to defend his father, saying, how could you say that? My father was trying to cure cancer. And Connor says, yes, well, Einstein wasn't trying to invent the atomic bomb. Just kind of worked out that way. And then he passes out from the booze. Did Einstein invent the atomic bomb? I thought that was Oppenheimer. Isn't there a whole movie about it? Yeah, he worked on it with him, and it was based off of his theory of relativity that they were able to do it. But Oppenheimer, what's the, theory, what's the theory of relative relativity, Zach? E equals mc squared. What's that mean? Energy equals mass times acceleration squared. <laughs> Zach, you told me you don't know math. Now ask me any other follow up question about that, and I can't tell you. I'm just regurgitating information. I don't. I don't. I couldn't make an atomic bomb off of that. It, you know what? I'm going to type something in. Is the theory of relativity E equals MC squared? Okay. Okay. Man, I don't, I'm not smart enough to know about any of that stuff. It's, I mean, I feel like it's just like a Jeopardy answer, you know? It's just kind of something. Well, that you... I know E equals MC squared, but that's basically like the theory for the speed of light, right? Dude, I don't know. I don't know how you use it. <laughs> And apply it to anything. I just know that some guys in the 40s figured that out. I want to 
I think I passed over something you said because I was looking it up. But did you say I wouldn't be able if you gave me that equation? I wouldn't be able to make the atomic bomb with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Phew. Well. <laughs> So that's one less thing the listeners have to worry yeah, about. Is like, yep. Me with nuclear capabilities. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Oppenheimer, are you going to see it and Barbie on the same day? No, I don't understand this internet thing. Why they're like always going together? They're I, just I releasing on the same keep... day, and they're two movies people are excited about. I that's think great. me and Shyler are going to do it because it sounds fun. That's that's what I was Zach. That's what I was about to say. Is if people want to have their fun and go see both of them, that's that's fine by me. <laughs> like I didn't have a problem with seeing either one on their own. So you know why not see them together yeah. when they come yeah. out? I yeah. Neither one of those is movies that specifically interest me, but I don't know. I'd love to hear you talk about them next week. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, maybe not next week. I don't know. Does it come out next week? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I thought that they were already out. I've seen so many things about them. No, dude, they're just like, I don't know how, what their budget is for marketing, but they're just really spending that. Yeah. And like all of the celebrities are like talking about like back to back. Like, I don't know. Even celebrities who like aren't in the movies are like advertising. Uh, did you see they built like the Barbie dream house in Malibu yes. as like a publicity stunt? Yeah. And someone said the Oppenheimer marketing team has the chance to do the funniest thing ever right now. <laughs> I did see that. Did you see in the back of news broadcast? There's like scrolls walking around. In real life? Yeah. It's it's you'll see them on like. You know how Disney ABC owns Disney and ABC or what or vice versa, and then one of those is like a local news. So you'll see like scrolls walk past in like local news stories and stuff like that. No, I totally miss that. We're just always being advertised to Zach. You just can't do anything without being advertised to. I know it's a damn shame. Anyways, another word from the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, that did that did remind me to say this this issue is called therapy, so we're sponsored by BetterHelp. <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna get through this issue because we're about done. Peter then leaves through the roof and feels his spider sense alert him to someone behind him, but he turns around and there's no one there. And, and Connor's like passes out or something. Yeah, because he was drinking. Yeah. Okay. I did not fully realize that he was supposed to be like that drunk. I thought he got like. Like, you know, like a needle hit him or something like a dart that like made him pass out as he was talking. No. And then because because right after that, Peter like jumps out the window looking for someone. So yeah. I thought the two events were related. Nope. Um, He's just hammered. Truly. And Peter starts yelling into the night for Eddie, apologizing and saying he feels responsible. But he eventually realizes he's all alone and the issue ends. He's just standing alone on the roof. Yep. Poor guy. That's what happens when you yell at everybody. You end up alone. Yeah. Peter. <laughs> no, that's mean. So do we okay. have a do we have a scale for this? Yes, I do. It's out of ten girls rejecting Eddie Brock. I love it. <laughs> I'm gonna give this a five out of ten. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad that, that I'm not gonna be going hard on this issue. Yeah, it's just it was just real text heavy. And like you said, Peter is just like 
his range of emotion is just mad. This whole yeah, thing. yes, that's a good way to put it. It's not that he can't get angry, but that is his entire range of emotion is just mad. Like there's no more nuance there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the Nick Fury stuff. I love seeing him come in, especially on the first page. Um, and he was like, great, him and Peter talking. And he gave Peter really good advice. And then Peter just didn't follow any of it. And he's just yelled at everyone. I kind of like the the lizard stuff. Um, but I gave it six out of ten girls rejecting Eddie Brock. Yeah. So a little bit better. I thought I was going to be lower than you on this one. Yeah. I don't have a problem with talky issues. But it's like this was a lot of talky pages, and at the end of the day, nothing happened. There, It didn't tell us anything more about these characters, didn't really progress the plot. It was just kind of wrapping up the fact that Eddie apparently died. Okay, should we go on to issue 40? Do you have any uh, outstanding thoughts on issue 39? Nope, take us away. Okay, let's get into issue 40. This one's called Average Bear, and it's by our regular creative team. And Peter is talking to the wrestling coach at school and he's looking for something he can use for his new Spider-Man costume. And the ref- wrestling coach is like, tights? We don't we don't do tights here. Like, no, I can't help you with that. He's like, that's for dance stuff. Real quick. <laughs> do you notice what the yes, name? Yes, of course I do. Um, what is it? It's Biff. It's Biff. The, the wrestling coach's name is Biff. <laughs> and like back to the future i think that's funny and i think that's intentional because like earlier this year there was like a reunion of the back to the future um it was like michael j fox and uh what's the old man's name george zemeckis is the director i'm talking about the doc brown oh doc brown um that would be sam lloyd I thought it was Christopher Lloyd. That's Christopher Lloyd. Sam Lloyd is Ted from Scrubs. I knew his first name was Christopher, but I didn't, I couldn't remember the last name. So it was like Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd were together, I think at some comic convention and they were photographed and Brian Michael Bendis was in the photo too, because I guess he's a big Back to the Future fan. And people thought that he was the principal. Oh, they thought Brian Michael Bendis was like the principal of Back to the Future. Oh, that's funny. But all this to say, I think he's like a big Back to the Future fan. So I think he, I think this gym coach is like actually supposed to be Biff. <laughs> I just saw the actor did like a, it's, I think he's like a comedian kind of who plays Biff, Thomas F. Wilson. And uh, I just saw him do a song about like getting annoyed about people asking him about Back to the Future and and being Biff and everything like that. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy just um, thought he was taking a job 40 years ago, and now that's his identity. Oh, they love it. They have to love it. They should, hopefully, he's at least thankful. I think he is. It was a joke song. Um. So Peter is out of luck talking to the wrestling coach about getting a new costume, but he kind of thinks to himself, well, maybe I'll work with that wrestling company to to get another costume from them because he worked for a wrestling company back in like the first couple issues, which I kind of forgot, you know, back when he got his powers. 
and he's kind of thinking to himself like man i'm i'm a superhero without a without a costume i don't even have a cool leather outfit that would pass for a costume in this more cynical world i live in and that has to be an x-men joke right because it just came out in this around this time yeah i think that's making fun of the x-men movies for sure possibly also the ultimate x-men series oh is that how they're kind of dressed in that yeah that that's that's probably what it's making fun of them mark millar again go figure got handed the like first few arcs of ultimate x-men and got to like design the characters and create their world and he wasn't an X-Men reader. His frame of reference was that first movie. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So Bendis is having fun with these guys. Yeah. Um. So Peter gets to class after he was thinking about where he can get another costume. And he's sitting in class and he's looking mopey. And MJ writes a note to him that says, what's the matter? And webheads and zach she's so nice and peter does not deserve her and yeah yeah he's kind of an ass he's he is he looks back with his mean face because he still only has one emotion and it's just mad and mean and he writes what do you care (laughs) and mj looks like she's about to cry and she writes i care and Peter says, if you care so much, then why aren't we together? And he's such a little twerp. And um, as MJ is about to respond, and she has kind of a sly look on her face. I don't know what she was about to say. And we don't ever get to learn because the teacher grabs the notebook from her and reads it in front of the entire class. Pretty Please tell me you're not that kind of teacher. I would never. I would. I might. I might. <laughs> I might. Um, I would definitely read it quickly to myself first and see if it's something that I could get away with reading to the whole class and having fun with it. But something like that, I would not read to the whole class. That is a bit too personal. Yeah. So since we're already, I mean, we've nuked this this episode with all these side tangents. I don't think one more is going to kill us. I saw a video the other day. This is what they come for. Yeah. Uh, I saw a video the other day of um, a girl. I guess their teacher has a policy where if you get a phone call in class, you have to answer it on speakerphone. Okay, I can dig it. I remember back when I was in school and like phones were very new. That was kind of like a a thing that some teachers would do. Like as a joke. Right. Um, So he makes this girl answer the phone on speakerphone or whatever. And it's like someone saying, Oh yeah. Um, this is the doctor from Planned Parenthood. We found out you are pregnant. And I know that, you know, you said you're not going to have very many resources or much support. So we're going to, we're going to help you out. We'll be there for you. Um, give us a call if you have any questions. And the has to be fake. The teacher is like, gets so embarrassed. He's like, I just, I'm so sorry. I just want to publicly apologize. And the girl's like, oh no, it's okay. I was actually expecting it. Um, I, I think I know what I'm going to name him. I'm going to, you know, the first name's going to be April. And the last name's going to be fools. <laughs> that's funny. That's good. Yeah. To prank the teacher like that. That's good. 
she got him. Oh my gosh, I would be so I would be mortified. I bet he never makes another student answer nope. the phone again. Nope. Um that is embarrassing though. So the whole class is laughing at Peter and MJ, and Gwen is like, dude, come on. And um Peter deserves it because he's he's being mean. MJ doesn't. So in between classes, Peter calls up the wrestling organization that he used to, to fight with. And he's going to see if he can get another costume. And he's like, you guys work with Spider-Man, right? And they're like, that was like 40 years ago. And I think that's another Easter egg because that's when Spider-Man originally came out. Oh, Like in the original run, did he do the wrestling thing for an organization? Yeah. I bet that's what that's that's a little fun little thing. And if this issue came out in 2003, then that really would have been 40 years yeah. since 1963. Wow. Yeah, I like that. Yep. That's why they that's why they come back. <laughs> Good catch, John. Um and f- the wrestling guy hangs up on him though. So, Flash in what I think is the most interesting scene in the issue. Flash asked Peter to talk to him for a second in private outside and Peter just like yells at him and starts berating him and he's and he's pretty mean. He says some some mean stuff and uh he just well, storms he he's away. setting him up. Yeah, he does. He's like he's like, "Well, you want to talk to me so you can shove my head in the toilet or laugh at me in front of the cheerleaders or blah blah." He's just being such a little we're not supposed to swear on the pod. <laughs> But, you know, finish that thought in your, in your head. Like, he's just being a little whiner. In his defense, though, every time we've ever seen Flash interact with him, it has <laughs> been to, like, you know, throw a basketball at his head or but we've shove never him seen in a locker Flash or something. act like this before. Yeah, he's kind of Flash coming... has his tail between his legs. He's coming to him with some humility. Yeah. Yeah. Did um... you notice something else? Uh, no. There's, in one panel, there's a sign on Flash's the wall. Flash's weird bowl cut? He's always had that. Okay. But there's a sign on the wall behind Peter that says, Vote Carrie Fisher, Student Council. <laughs> well, Carrie Fisher is the Star Wars person, right? Princess Leia, yeah. Yeah. So why would that be there? <laughs> I don't know. I think Bendis is just an 80s baby. He's just having fun. Yeah. Um, so Peter storms away after not talking to Flash and Flash kind of looks on and sad. And then we cut to this woman who's running home with her groceries away from an angry mob of hooligans who are chasing her and they catch up to her and they take her groceries and they're like, she spilled maple syrup all over the groceries and and it, and then they decide that they're going to kill her because of that. Presumably because they can't get the, the groceries anymore. And they're about to stick her. And then Spider-Man comes in and webs them all up in his new homemade costume. And I think it looks pretty good for homemade it, effort. It definitely looks homemade. I'll give it that. I This is significantly better than I could do, especially the mask. The mask is movie quality. Well, I think they might sell the masks in stores, or that's like the one thing he still had left. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Um, so the 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 hooligans are kind of giving him 
a little grief on his new costume and um he just pretty quickly webs him up and but he loses his eyepiece in the process so his costume is very homemade so he goes back home to his basement to tinker with it he's like i'm the smartest guy in queens i can't even make the eyepiece lens stay in my suit and then gwen kind of surprises him in the basement and he has to quickly throw his stuff in the trunk yep and he's doing the thing he always does when he goes to work in his basement and he's in his t-shirt and underwear. <laughs> That's just a no pants zone that. in the basement. <laughs> That's such a like a guy thing, like a stereotypical guy thing. He's like supremely comfy. Um so Gwen walks into the basement. Spidey throws all of his stuff into the crate to hide it real fast. And Gwen and Peter have a pretty funny little conversation about going to a party tonight. Gwen's like, are are you going to this party tonight? And he's like, no, I don't go to parties. And she's like, well, I don't go to parties either, but we could go to parties. They could be fun. We could be fun people that do fun things like go to parties. And Peter's like, no, we can't. And she's like, why? And he goes, because because we're orphan losers. <laughs> when people he criticize... says that as a joke, though. It's funny. I laughed. I know. But when people criticize Bendis' dialogue, this is what they're talking about. Like, No, this is perfect. This is, this is straight out of like an early 2000s movie. This is like straight out of Superbad right here. I get it. And I'm immune to it. I, it doesn't bother me at all. But I can see what people are talking about where they're like, Ugh, let's go to the party. Why? 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 Well, maybe something cool will happen. Like what? I don't know. Nothing cool ever happens. That's all one panel. I I am looking up a trailer for the movie Booksmart, and I bet you this is the exact conversation. Oh, uh, I forgot about I Booksmart. I, that was a good I don't movie. know, but I promise you in that trailer there's a scene where they're like we can go to a party. Why can't we be cool, fun girls who go to parties? And like, that's exactly what this, this scene is. Plagiarism. So, I know plagiarism. Um, and Gwen is like, we're going. And, uh, <laughs> and then the very next page, the very next panel, Peter with the same scowl that he's had for the last two issues is just looking incredibly angry. Gwen's not looking too happy either. They're at this party. It's too crowded. It's crazy. It's it's every it's the exact it's written to a T when you're like, do you want to go to this? No, but it could be fun. We should go. It'll be fun. And it's not. It's too crowded. It's very comedically set up. It is. It is. Um they're like, we're going to go to the party. It's going to be fun. Cut to they're not having fun at all at the party. And Peter's like, I'm leaving. And Gwen's like, you can't leave me here. And Peter starts to say, like, what on earth could possibly make me want to? And his voice trails off. And they look at something in the distance. And it is Mary Jane and her friend whose name I can't remember. Liz Allen. Liz Allen. And they both look totally different and you'd have no idea either one is who they are except that they say their names on the next page liz looks like i thought that was a famous movie star and they were like a famous movie star just walked in to the party like i thought it was like britney spears or something 
I was like, that's not Mary Jane, right? Because it looks nothing like her except the eyes. The eyes is how I knew it was her. Um, yeah. She's got very distinct, like, green, big eyes that I don't think anyone yeah. else has ever drawn with. And but it's going to be drawing 15-year-old girls dressed like this. Yeah, let's explain why they look so different. I don't know. They got makeovers. I, I don't... <laughs> Well, Mary they, Jane, the they're, the they're biggest... dressed like how Kim Kardashian would dress if she showed up to a party. Okay, which but is also... fine, Zach. Which is fine. I don't really like her hair black either. That's what I was getting it's at. Not, she's... It's not for us, Zach. If she's happy, then that's all that matters. I was just getting you to say, don't cancel us. She's wearing a black wig. Mary Jane's not a red <laughs> oh. hair. Oh, I thought she just dyed her hair. I think later we see that it's like a wig. I hope it's a wig. Because I don't like it, but it doesn't matter what I So basically like. she put on a wig and a skimpy outfit to go to a party and like have fun, but no one really know it's her, maybe. Oh, okay. Well, immediately her and Peter make eye contact and they both kind of look upset. But I think Mary Jane looks much more upset. And um and uh, Gwen has this little, f- uh, I was about to say foxy, but I don't want it to sound attractive. I mean, conniving when I say the word fox L- smile. She set this up. She knew Mary Jane and Liz Allen were going to this party and she dragged Peter out of the house to show up with her. So Mary Jane would walk in, see them together. And then immediately Gwen is like, now we can leave. That's exactly what she says. She's like, now we can leave. I think in John's mind, Mary Jane is the hero of this story, and Gwen is her green goblin. I just think that high school girls are really mean to each other. And I think Gwen is a little more savvy, than, and Mary Jane is more naive. I don't think that Mary Jane's naive. You always see how sad she looks. Every she's so naive. She's sad. She's not naive. She's like I'm so shaking in, my head. She's so aware of everything that's going on. She's like okay. Totally. So she, well, she thinks Gwen is playing her. So is she? Then is she right? I think Gwen is playing Peter here because you've got to look at the facts. Gwen dragged him to this. What are the odds, Zach? It's it's not even a party at their school. This is a party at someone else's school. Peter, MJ, and Gwen all never go to parties. And then Gwen drags Peter out of the house to go to this party, says, no, we can't leave when he's trying to leave. And then the second Mary Jane comes in, she's like, okay, now we can leave. You do bring up an interesting point that Peter had asked Gwen earlier, how'd you hear about this party? No one talks to you either. And she was like, I overheard she, some people she, talking yep, she about it. She brushes by it. She's like, I heard it from someone. I heard it from a friend, friend of a friend. No, she said she overheard people talking about it. Oh, yeah. So who did she overhear it from? Was it Liz Mary and Mary Jane? Jane. Definite. Oh, my gosh. It's See, not. She is the villain here. She's not. And, and it happened. And it happened in the in class earlier that day. The the note taking stuff happened, and Gwen and Gwen specifically was like, "Oh, Peter, you, you know, I just 
Okay, we'll move on. Keep in mind, she doesn't know about all the Spider-Man stuff or Peter being a jerk to Mary Jane. In her mind, this girl broke up with her best friend. Okay. Okay. So she might have, and she probably does think Peter's really depressed about it because of the note-taking stuff. So she is maybe, but, okay, so can we agree that she is kind of looking out for Peter as her friend? I think she thinks she is. She is actively being mean to Mary Jane on purpose. Can we agree with that? She thinks she's, she's doing it for Peter, but she is actively trying to mess with Mary Jane's head. I think there's a rivalry there. (laughs) I think there always has been. I think it's, I think Mary Jane has been on the other side of that too before. Okay. Okay. All I remember is Gwen hopping in cars with Peter and, tussling his hair or doing all these different things in front of talking about how big his muscles are all in front of Mary Jane. It seems like a one-sided rivalry to me. She's a flirt, but she never does anything with it. Okay. That's just her personality. I think we got a lot of issues to go. Got 120 issues to go. (laughs) Um, so just as this is happening and they're getting ready to leave, a loud explosion happens outside the party and someone with long hair is kind of like staring out into the field or something. And they are harnessing energy and blowing up cars. And one of the people in the crowd watching this kind of cheering is like, do the red convertible next. And we know that that's Eddie Brock's red convertible. I believe. And then the guy picks it up and blows up the car. And it's this blonde guy with long hair. And is it Eddie? I I don't know. Is it, uh, you know, and then the whole page that he's on, it keeps saying Geldof, 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 Geldof. And I I need Zach. Zach, you have to explain to me and the listeners what's happening on these two pages. I'll just, yeah, you find it out in the next episode. But since we're not covering that this week, I'll just let you know. That's his name. They're chanting his name. Geldof. Geldof. Because they're egging him on to blow up these cars. Oh, see, I, I was like, is that Thor? Because it looked like he had like lightning and long hair, but I was like, that is not Thor. That guy's got too skinny of legs to be Thor. And, it's literally and I didn't no think it was anyways. And then I thought maybe it was Eddie because that's Eddie's red convertible, right? I don't think it is. I think it's just a red convertible. Okay, that is just silly storytelling then. That that is just too big of a coincidence when we're over here thinking where's Eddie Brock and and we know Eddie drives this like red convertible. Pick any other car, Bendis fair but but yeah this guy it's not anyone you would have ever heard of before or thought like oh this you know story-wise it would make sense for it to be this guy no it's just a new dude well tease us for the next episode who is this guy um he's someone who peter's gonna have to um interact with is he like a a god or a norse god or something is he's like He's a mutant. I'll say that. Oh, okay. He's a mutant. Okay. Yeah. He's like a teenage mutant ninja <laughs> turtle. 
Yeah. Um. Well, I uh, said interesting issue. Good, clean, fun. Peter doesn't deserve MJ. Seven out of ten cars blown up. I like it. I'm there with you. I'll I'll agree with that. That's a seven out of ten cars blown up type of issue. Yep. I do feel bad for MJ. I don't want to like sound like I'm not on MJ's side. I'm actively think, against Peter uh, for all of these <laughs> sides. I think I think one of my favorite things is when Gwen and MJ interact and you and I fight about it. <laughs> I know. I become Gwen's defense attorney, which is yeah. insane because MJ's maybe my favorite character so far in this book. Well, then you should have more empathy for her. I just also like Gwen, and I don't see it the way you do. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. It's hard to argue with someone's characterization with someone who's read 160 issues on a story and knows the future that will happen when I don't. <laughs> yeah, the odds are kind of stacked against you, huh? Yeah. For what it's worth, I'm only ever talking about what we've already seen. Yeah, I know. I know um okay any any uh finishing thoughts i i don't think so i think we got them all out of the way pretty early on oh no i do have finishing thoughts oh oh you do oh okay i meant on the issues oh no um, that guy i have one thing specifically that i specifically saved oh i just used the word specific twice bad writing it happens once an episode folks um i specifically saved something for the end here that I okay. wanted to to talk about. If you don't have anything else with the issues. Uh, nope. I, I don't have anything else with the issues. Okay. Um, well. I'm sure you have heard of the band Fallout Boy. But of course. Of course. And did you hear that they came out with a new song this past week? Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. It is. Of course we're talking about the We Didn't Start the Fire fallout boy song which is a reimagining of okay. the billy joel song yes yeah yeah um have you heard it i just wanted to talk about it dude i i've heard snippets of it i've seen the lyrics written out and i'm like actively trying to not listen to it because i can already tell how it's gonna be and i'm seeing them in two weeks and i i already know they're gonna play it okay so do you want me to just go into my th thoughts on it? Which could be positive or negative, Zach. I like yeah. to hold my cards close to the chest. Do you want to listen to it real quick? And you can do some fancy editing where you can take three minutes and listen to it and then cut back. Or do you just not even want to hear it? Let me guess. It's the lyrics that I read to Patrick Stump's voice and the tune of the original We Didn't Start the Fire. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. With so a little rock. With a little rock in there. Sure. Yeah. I know. I know what it is. Okay, Zach, it you know it's a it's a bop. Okay, let's just call it what it is. It's a certifiable banger. Okay, Fallout Boy jams, and so does this song. But, but is it a jam? Because well, we didn't start the fire as a jam, and this is effectively the exact same song, just with different words. And that's where the issue comes in, <laughs> is the lyrics, which I know you said you already read. So I have a few different issues with it. I think okay, it's, I, 
I have some also, and they're probably different from yours. I think it's goofy that the lyrics to the first We Didn't Start the Fire, it it tells like news events sequentially. This one yes. jumps around. It'll be like Rodney King riots, and then it'll say something about Donald Trump. Deep fakes. Deep fakes yeah. is the very next thing. Okay, that's the first verse. That was my first issue. We didn't start the fire. Went from the 50s to like the 80s in order in verses. And that's what made it such an awesome song. This does not, as Zach has already alluded to, it just jumps around like randomly. You know, as he said, that's one of the things I had bolded was LA riots, Rodney King, deep fakes is the next thing. Those are all over the place. Okay. I have more issues, but you can go on. (laughs) It's a bad idea to just say, <laughs> okay, Zach, the subject is Fallout Boy. The floor is yours because I could do a whole nother podcast. Th- that was my band okay. from like, from like the time I was like probably 11 to like my early 20s. If you asked me, what's your favorite band? I would say Fallout Boy. Well, and, and that's the thing. No matter, no matter what we say about these lyrics, it doesn't change the first thing I said about the song, which is that it does slap. <laughs> Because Fallout Boy is awesome. So, and I hope that they do play it at the concert because I want to see the reaction from the crowd. I just want to see if it's getting into, if if people are getting into it or not. Um, so, next issue with this, it, We Didn't Start the Fire was like a story. You know, I know a lot about each of those things in the original We Didn't Start the Fire because I like that song and looked them up. And these lyrics are not, they, they just, they just aren't good storytelling from a storytelling perspective, Zach and the webheads, they just don't do a good job. And I picked out some examples. The first one is, it says Tiger Woods. And that's all they say in the song. What could that reference? He's, <laughs> he's done many things. He's done, he has done like four different things that were like huge events. You know, he was like the youngest person to win a major. He was obviously like the, the first good, like great black golfer. You know, it was like a cultural thing when he like came onto the scene. He was the youngest to win the sport. He, He was the face of the sport. He won, you know, more majors than anyone by like whatever age it was. And then he inspired a great Saturday Night Live skit. (laughs) Yes. And what's it? What is this referring to? You know, I'm guessing the thing with him and his wife, but truly me too. It could encompass his whole career. But in a good song, if they wanted to mention Tiger Woods, they would have mentioned Tiger Woods becoming the, the best golfer somehow. Tiger Woods joins the tour. Ba, 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 door easy okay and then they and then they would have in like verse three tiger woods sexcapades blah 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 right i just wrote it for him better better song okay that was just the first one so and and it's and these are just examples the first time i listened to it these were the examples that i saw second verse cubs go all the way again is this good content zach I think it's based on the fact that they are from Chicago. But no, no, like, no, 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 I like it. No, see, I, I, it's not, 
It's not the it's the storytelling because the reason it's significant that the Cubs won the World Series is because there was like a hundred year drought. So saying the words Cubs go all the way again is like completely passing over why that was a cultural moment at all. So instead, and and they talk about Obama, the war in Afghanistan, Cubs go all the way again. Nope. That happened in 2016. Okay. And they broke the curse of the billy goat. So I took one minute and wrote better lyrics where they could talk about the curse of the billy goat and what else happened in november of 2016 zach uh well there was an, a little election which has to do with voting that's such an easy rhyme and now and now it tells us a story about the curse of the billy goat where people can look it up and read about it and it's in order yeah I don't know. The I'm just blue upset wall didn't rock the vote. I I feel I, well. I the the one I came up with was less votes. Trump gloats. No curse of the Billy Goat. And boom, you've got whole stories about what happened in that week of November. It took me a minute. Come on, yeah. Fallout Boy. It's almost okay. like this wasn't you know a real artistic endeavor. It was just kind of a a gimmick you know and i hate to say that i hate that fallout boy has become the gimmick band but we can't deny that over the last 10 years that's what they've done you know they they <laughs> stopped playing their instruments they started writing songs for disney movies and for the nfl to use in you know commercial breaks they did the ghostbusters thing they platformed mgk and made him believe he could do rock like they have been a net bad thing for about 10 <laughs> years now. And I got to give it to them. They are starting to come around again to me with this new current tour that with I'm excited to see. Right no, no, no. With this current tour that they're on, they're playing Take This to Your Grave songs again. They're playing From Under the Cork Tree songs again. They're bringing Bring Me the Horizon out with them. I am excited. Uh, granted, there's I'm, no way they'll play this. There's not a chance they'll play this at the show. I I looked at the set list. I think they play it like digitally before they come out. Like just as like pump up <laughs> music or something. That's funny. But I would be uh, so mad if they were like, you know what? Let's take one of our deep cuts from like the first three albums that we've been playing so far. Let's take that out of the rotation and put in We Didn't Start the Fire. Mm-hmm. I'd be so mad. Um, look, I did not know all that stuff about Fallout Boy. I, I, uh, I was actually thinking that they tried hard on this. You think so? And, well, I, I guess I was thinking that maybe they thought they tried hard on it. They're like, I, man, we got so many good like cultural things, but it's just. I know like maybe that's what we didn't start the fire sounds like is it's just like thing after thing, like strewn together. Like, you know, but, but that is what this feels like is it's just random names and words and there's no context to any of them. What happened to fallout boy is a question that lingers in my mind all the time, but (laughs) cause literally you go back to like from under the cork tree or infinity on high and Pete Wentz was a good lyricist. He truly was. And 
you look at the stuff they've put out in the last, you know, 10 or so years, and it's just not there. Like, it's good enough to get on pop radio, but there's not really anything beyond just like surface level, you know, hey, that rhymes yeah. and it's catchy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I don't know if it's a case of they stopped trying because they realized, hey, you know, these like double entendres and, you know, stuff. No one cared about that anyways. They just want to hear, whoa, 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 whoa. you know, <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe they just stopped trying or maybe they have too many yes men in their corner. You know, they just they write something that sucks once and people tell them, hey, this is your best work. And it just becomes yeah. a cycle yeah um okay i have more fallout i have more we didn't start the fire lyrics i want to talk about Is oh that yeah okay? go off king okay great so later on they say trump gets impeached twice this would be fine but in basic storyteller structure we need to talk about the first time he got impeached if we're going to mention that he got impeached twice it's the same thing with cubs go all the way again you shouldn't say something happens twice if we don't know it happens once yet. And I looked in the original We Didn't Start the Fire song to see if there were any instances of talking about something once and then talking about it again. There are. There's twice. One of them was baseball related. It talks about the Dodgers having a winning team in Brooklyn and then moving to California. And the other one was... Richard Nixon, also famously someone who got impeached as president. So both the Cubs winning and Donald Trump getting impeached, they could have layered in and it would have been similar to the original. They could have even put some like baseball bat, like cheering over the sound of the Cubs winning, like what they did, what Billy Joel did in the original. We didn't start the fire. I'm just trying to let you know that Zach, that I really like that song by Billy Joel and I don't think it's impossible to do an updated version well. I think it would be a cool thing to do if somebody did it well. And I don't think that they did, but that's fine. I have more. Okay. I got one more thing. Later on, they say Michael Jordan 23. And then later on in the verse, they say Michael Jordan 45. Where should that come back what should they be saying later after they say Michael Jordan 45? Michael Jordan Wizards? And uh okay. What number is Michael Jordan, Zach? 23. Of course he is. So you don't have to say he went from 23 to 45. Just mention You just 45. have to say he went to 45, and then and then it would be a good line to say back to 23. Because he went to 45 and then he went back to 23. He didn't go from 23 to 45. He went from 23 to 45 to 23. So that would have been, it's just, it's just simple things. Anyway. And then the very last line is world trade second plane, which happened in 2001, which is not even anywhere close to the order that they were going in with that last verse. So damn, what a downer to end on. I know. I know. It's just because they wanted to, it's because that the verse in Billy Joel's ended on JFK blown away. What else do I have to say? And they wanted to end it on like world trade second plane. What else do I have to say? Um, you truly pop, have put more thought pop. into this than they did. And I didn't even put that much thought into it. I like listened to it once and I promise I heard Cubs go all the way again. And I was immediately like, 
did they sing about the Cubs winning the first time? And then I heard Jordan 23, Jordan 45. And I was like, surely they're going to say he goes back to 23 if they're going to. I mean, it was, I didn't even put that much. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. (laughs) Hey, they wouldn't be here if they didn't want to hear the number one Spider-Man podcast for sports fans and fallout boy. And and Billy Joel Joel fans. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it is fun, but it is a fun listen. You know, yeah. I can see people singing along with it and having fun. Won't be. There's me. a good line about Robert Downey Jr. being Iron Man that I was like, that's a good one. You know, I can dig it. So it also felt to me like a lot of the ones from recent years, and I don't have any examples because I don't have it pulled up or anything, but it felt like the ones from recent years are like the stupid internet stuff that we They're talk internet about. Memes. That's yeah. gonna, no one's going to remember in six months. Yeah. Whereas, like, the we didn't start the fire stuff. There, in our seventh grade social studies class, they have a project that they do every year where they're divided into groups, and they each get like a two line stanza of we didn't start the fire, and then they have to go and do like a PowerPoint presentation explaining what those were in reference to. You could not do that with this song and have it be educationally significant at all. Right. So that anyway. does sound like a cool. It cool is. It's a really cool assignment. project. And in lit, they do an assignment about the Truman show. And I'm like, these, where was this when I was a kid? <laughs> these are so fun. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. That's it. I just, uh, you know, I, I I listened to that like yesterday and I was like, oh, I have to talk to Zach about this. Yeah, I do got to get out there. Fallout Boy overall. I love you. You know it. You've got enough of my money. Oh, yeah. Um, y- Your first four albums set me on my path of life. But I mean, come on. Well, let, let's call a spade a spade <laughs> with everything after that. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun. When's that show? Uh, The 16th, I think. Okay. We will all get to wait on bated breath to hear if they played We Didn't Start the Fire at the show and see how it how it went over. If people were jamming or groaning. I'll report back. Okay. All right. You want to take us out? <laughs> thank you to Ian Hickey for our music and Alyssa Seaman for the artwork. And thank you all for listening to the number one Sports and Spider-Man podcast uh and leaving us a review or a comment you can find us the first read ultimate spider-man podcast on spotify apple music anywhere you listen to a podcast and you can come and chat with us on instagram at first read podcast or send us an email at first read spidey at gmail.com or on youtube at the ultimate spider-man podcast see you next week 